0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Rust Report. We're very honored to have with us a man I've looked up to for probably 25 years when I was on the board of the Kenmore Mercy Hospital Foundation and Chris Collins is one of our biggest supporters as a private businessman and executive and he helped so much there with Kenmer Mercy Hospital and then I watched him getting into politics, running for Congress, serving as county executive, and now a tremendous congressman serving the 27th Congressional District in the House of Representatives. This district includes 105 towns spread out over eight counties in West New York and the Finger Lakes. The residents of New York 27 first elected Chris Collins to Congress in 2012, and he won re-election in 2016. Congressman Chris Collins is a member of the House Energy and Commerce Committee where he serves on three subcommittees, Health, Communications and Technology, and Oversight and Investigations. A very outspoken, strong congressman chris collins let's talk about the tax cut the house minority leader said it's crumbs but i think it's about seventeen hundred fifty dollars uh, per resident in your district for a tax cut which to me are not crumbs i look at seventeen hundred fifty dollars is a lot of money i bought cars for that amount of money so let's talk about the tax cut what is it all about congressman chris collins
1: well, first of all, Brian, thanks for inviting me on. Uh, uh, we'll enjoy the conversation and your listeners. Um, I'm certainly a uh, pro-Trump guy, as you know, the first uh, member of Congress to endorse Donald Trump for president on February 24th, 2016. So that's two and a half years ago. It's, it's hard to imagine. <clears throat> now, the, the tax reform, let's set the stage. It's the first fundamental tax reform done in 31 years, over three decades since the last time Washington touched the tax code, because it's very controversial. We had no help from the Democrats. And to this day, they can't believe that with a very small majority, we were able to get that done, not only in the House, but in the Senate and get the president to sign it. And the results are they speak for themselves. The economic growth that we've experienced in in the last uh, year uh, defy, or not even the last year, the last seven months, defy any historical measure there is, from unemployment at 3.8%. That's the lowest it's been in, in uh, 70 years. Now, in those 70 years, there were seven months of numbers like 3.8%. Two of those seven months are the last two months, April and May. Uh, unheard of. We have 6.3, no, 6.7 open jobs in America today, and only 6.3 million people on unemployment. There are more jobs than there are people looking for work. Unfortunately, there's just not a match in the skill sets. The stock market's at a rec- record high. Uh, w- we've added uh, trillions Trillions of dollars, something like $7 trillion to the nation's wealth, personal household wealth, in the last seven months because of the stock market. Uh, And that's why we're going to do fine, all the naysayers aside, we're going to do fine in the midterm elections. We're going to keep the House. Nancy Pelosi is not going to be the speaker. but it comes down to people vote their pocketbook. The confidence level in the country is at a record high. Consumer confidence, business confidence, they've never measured numbers like they're seeing right now. Every small business you talk to with paying less taxes, they're giving raises, increasing contributions to 401k plans, uh, you know, doing, you know, paid time off for, for maternity, uh, up and down the line, the, the most important thing that we've done with Trump is the tax reform that reformed an antiquated uh... we were the highest taxed country in the world at the corporate level at thirty five percent now we're down to twenty all of a sudden jobs are coming back the the the, the small businesses can shield twenty percent of their income from taxes uh... which effectively drops their rate as well and uh, it's a game changer for america it's a game changer for our children our grandchildren the economy our debt and I'm proud to have been part of it, and it's why we're going to keep the majority in
0: the House. I was there at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland, and I saw the very strong, articulate speech given by our guest, U.S. Congressman Chris Collins, and he took a lot of heat for being the first congressman in the United States to endorse Donald Trump for president. And uh, we're glad to have him on ESPN AM 1520, blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. Let's talk about your district. I mentioned the 27th district. You have 105 towns. I think it goes from Amherst to Auburn, and it's probably the most Republican district in the state of New York. They often joke there are more cows than people in that district. Let's talk about the district. It's a lot of agriculture. Sure. Um, I guess you have a lot of tourism there, too. Let's talk about your congressional district, Chris Collins.
1: Yeah sure Brian well I've got I, I like to call my district with 105 towns eight counties I go from Lake Erie to Canandaigua Lake the Finger Lakes and I go from Lake Ontario down towards but I don't get to the the Pennsylvania border I have a lot of fresh water between Lake Erie Lake Ontario and the uh the, the couple of the Finger Lakes uh very rural and very agriculture so the the city proper of Buffalo is not in my district. That's in a a predominantly Democrat district held by Brian Higgins. Uh, but all of the rural areas, much of it is agriculture, crops, specialty crops, as well as a lot of dairy. Um, the dairy guys are not not uh, doing as well right now with the pricing and demand. But putting that aside, a lot of a lot of agriculture, dairy. We've got uh, most of the ice wine. Made in the United States, comes from my district right under Lake Ontario, the way the grapes are grown. Um, a lot of vineyards and, and a lot of uh, now uh, craft brewers were actually growing hops in my district, something that they hadn't done for 20, 30 years. Uh, a lot of apples. <clears throat> so these are hardworking uh, rural farmers who basically want the government out of their life. Uh, they want their guns. It's a very pro-gun, mm-hmm. libertarian-leaning, conservative. They love Trump. Trump got 62% in my district, and t- today in a reelect, he'd get 70%. So it just gives you a flavor of what a great district I have, the most Republican district not only in New York, but the entire Northeast United States.
0: Wow,
1: wow. Uh, Let's so, talk a little
0: bit about this illegal immigration. Uh, Donald Trump has put up part of the wall. It was a campaign pledge. You were there at the Republican National Convention as the first congressman in the United States to nominate and support Donald Trump for president. He wants to put up the wall. He wants to keep out the illegal immigrants coming into this country, which has a tremendous cost on housing, education, medical care. Where are we on illegal immigration now? Congressman Chris Collins.
1: Well, I mean, it's the hot-button issue even right now as you and I are speaking. Our leadership is meeting with a couple of different groups, including our Freedom Caucus, in the hopes of getting a bill to the floor even later this month, what we call the Goodlatte Bill, that deals with border security because it deals with what we call the DACA or Dreamers, the young kids brought here by their parents uh, who have now grown up here. Uh, it deals with our dairy farmers who are mostly using undocumented workers to milk the cows literally 24-7, jobs that Americans won't take. Uh, it, it deals with, uh, the, the kind of issues that the 12 million undocumented workers and dreamers that are here today, uh, but giving a legal workforce to our, our ag industry, especially the full-time ag workers, not the seasonal workers which have H-2A visas, but those especially on the dairy farms, uh, we need to get something done. I have promised my constituents I'm going to do what I need to do. I, I signed the discharge petition a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago to force the hand of our leadership. We can't go to November 6th and not vote on an immigration bill. I can't promise you what's going to pass. And our undocumented dairy workers need certainty. The farmers need certainty. And quite frankly, the, the young kids, and there's 1.8 million, uh, now many of them young adults, who were brought here as children by their parents, so they did not willingly break the law. Their parents did. Uh, They've grown up here. They've been educated here. Many of them have college degrees. Uh, They are, in fact, filling the jobs we need. And right now, as I pointed out, there are more open jobs than there are people, so they're not taking American jobs. 6.7 openings and only 6.3 million people unemployed. Uh, So... We need to take care of it, but it's a, a lightning rod issue when it comes to our Freedom Caucus who do not want to make the DREAMers, DACA, Deferred Action Kids, uh, uh, certainly do, do not want to give them a pathway to citizenship. And we're not talking about citizenship for their parents who broke the law on coming here. We're talking about legal work status for the parents. But to do this as well, we got to secure the borders so we don't end up with another million coming in in the next year. So securing the borders has got to be part and parcel of dealing with the twelve million here now, including 1.8 million dreamers, uh, where we are a compassionate country with these now many cases, young adults who grew up here. We're not about to send them back you know to to Mexico or some other country. That's just not the kind of country we are. Uh, and And we're not giving amnesty to the parents, the pathway to citizenship, but they're doing work, quite frankly, Americans don't want. So we've got to get something done, Brian. We can't just cruise into November 6th, you know, making believe this isn't an important issue. And because of my ag district, especially the the dairy farmers, um, I owe it to them to get something done. And I'm doing what I need to do, including being one of 20 members in the Republican conference to sign the discharge petition to force a vote, even though our leadership was not moving anything.
0: Our guest today is a dynamic congressman, Chris Collins, the first congressman in the United States of America to support Donald Trump for president. You're listening to ESPN AM 1520, Blanketing the East Coast and Much of Canada. If you're listening in South Buffalo, Toronto, or Washington, D.C., to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power on ESPN AM 1520, please write to Brian Rusk. ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. I'd like to thank those who have called regarding our recent guests, Russell Salvatore, philanthropist, Marissa Maruli, regarding her adventure in Alaska, and Erie County Republican Chairman Nicholas Langworthy. Coming up, we'll have Mitch Flynn on the program regarding the ride for Roswell. Business entrepreneur in Rochester, Tim Rice, and John Kotsimatides, the owner of United Refining and the Quick Fill Gas Station chain. Little plug here. Western New Yorkers love their traditions and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegmans stores for home delivery. Call 716-835-9454 that's 716-835 9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. A little bit more information about Congressman Chris Collins. Previously, he served on the House Small Business, Agriculture and Science, Space and Technology Committees. Chris Collins comes to Capitol Hill with extensive experience in both the private and public sectors. Before serving as Erie County Executive, Chris Collins built a career as a business owner, an entrepreneur creating and saving hundreds of American jobs. Let's talk about New York State. Uh, Probably when you grew up we were number one in population, now we're number four. Assemblyman Ray Walter has told the story how Florida with one million more people has a budget of eighty billion dollars, but New York State, with a million less people, has doubled the budget at one hundred sixty billion dollars. Can we reverse this trend of losing population from New York State?
1: So, Brian, uh, first of all, our new budget's one hundred and seventy billion. Oh my goodness! And I'd try to put this in perspective. Back in the heyday of New York, we had forty-five members of Congress. Mm-hmm. F- Florida had seven. Mm -hmm. Today, Florida has more members than we do. We have 27 and so today, but they're growing to 28, and we're dropping to 26 in the next census. So when you think about the decline of New York State, 45 members of Congress, the Empire State, number one in the country, no one even close to number two, now down to 26 members of Congress. You have Texas, California, and now Florida, and Florida has grown from 7 to 28 with more people and a budget less than half of ours, which defines the problem. It's we're driving people out of what used to be the Empire State. <clears throat> we're one of the, you know, you know. sure, we have some snow and some cold. People want to live in the state. Kids want to come back, but we've driven the businesses out, and with not only one of the highest personal income taxes, but the highest estate taxes for the, the very wealthy They, the minute they retire, they get out of New York State because there's no, there's no estate tax in Florida and there's no income tax. So you could live in Florida seven months a year, live in upstate New York five months a year, you know, uh, be, be a Florida resident and not pay any, any income tax whatsoever. And upon your death, no estate taxes. So our politicians in Albany, all of which live in the New York City area, the five boroughs in Long Island, Uh, it's like a different world. You know, back when we had 45 members of Congress, 31 of them were from upstate New York, and 14 were from the city. Today there's 12 in the city, and we're down to 15 in the rest of the state, dropping to 14. So it's just crazy how upstate New York has been devastated. The jobs have left. The opportunities for our kids aren't there. And we have shuttered towns with old buildings, Um, high, high property taxes because they never cut the size of government, but there's fewer people paying, and, 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 and. and. So we have, it's self-inflicted, but if there's any thought that our five statewide elected officials that live in New York City are going to change, it's just the opposite. Andrew Mm -hmm. Cuomo is running against Cynthia Nixon, and they're trying to out de Blasio, de Blasio, (laughs) and they're trying to out Bernie Sanders and Warren uh, Elizabeth Warren. They are chasing the far left to the progressive point that they're thinking California is too conservative.
0: Unbelievable. Our guest today it is, is unbelievable. a very strong and highly spirited congressman. Chris Collins, representing the 27th Congressional District in the U.S. House of Representatives. If you're listening in Clarence, New York, Montreal, or Manhattan, drop us a note. You're listening to ESPN AM 1520. Write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And we always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners as this station has received letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand. A little bit more information about Chris Collins, he is a successful small businessman with 36 years in the private sector, saving and creating hundreds of good paying jobs in Erie, Niagara, and Monroe counties. His current companies include Mead Supply, Oxygen Generating Systems International, Shiler Machine, Voland Electric and Zepto Metrics Corporation, a uh, uh, successful businessman, and United States Congressman Chris Collins. One thing that is probably one of the most disheartening things in upstate New York is this horrible opioid crisis that is claiming hundreds of lives in uh, western New York every year. Um, What's going on from the federal perspective to fight this terrible uh, opioid crisis? Chris Collins.
1: All right. So, Brian, I serve on the Health Subcommittee of Energy and Commerce where we have jurisdiction Um, I've participated in more opioid hearings the last two years than you could ever imagine as this uh, nationwide tragedy, and it's hit all income levels, all demographics. Uh, It it has uh, not discriminated when it comes to the devastation in many cases, young adults being addicted to opioids either through painkillers, then switching to heroin, which gets laced with fentanyl, the next thing you know their overdoses are just tearing families apart so the solution is multifaceted it has to start with reducing the number of opioids being prescribed through education if you get a tooth pulled you don't need 30 uh, opioids Uh, you, you frankly don't need any you can take an extra strength Tylenol or Advil But we need to, and we are, uh, reducing the number of pills that can be in a prescription so that it's more as needed. We're trying to do away with the uh, what we call the happy faces as you're discharged from the hospital. They ask you uh, how many smiling faces relative to your pain management which means hospitals were over-prescribing opioids uh-huh. so they could get more money out of Medicare and Medicaid with having happy patients leaving the hospital saying my pain was well uh, attended to, which meant probably over-prescribed in opioids where people were then leaving the hospital addicted. Uh, you know, that was an unintended consequence of what was maybe a, a good thought process. We don't want people in pain, but it, it, it kind of backfired. Uh, we've, we've got to have the DEA doing more computer analysis to find the, the pharmacies that are filling sig- significantly more prescriptions than would make sense based on the population, and doctors who are over-prescribing as well. I mean, all that data is there in the computer registries one way or the other. So our, our enforcement folks need to be more diligent. Uh, but it, it's multifaceted. There's no easy solution because, like heroin, Opioids rewire your brain. So mm-hmm. somebody that's currently addicted, it's not like giving up smoking or giving up drinking or some other addiction, even gambling. In this case, your mind has been, your brain has been rewired. Mm-hmm. And that's why heroin, and it's the same as heroin, heroin and opioids have the same addiction. It is extraordinarily difficult to get someone to give it up, which means we have Narcan and other things that, that, that uh, can deal with part of this. But to some extent, you know, there's there's just a number of people who are addicted who, who don't have any easy way going forward. But with that said, we have to educate people. We also need to find non-addictive painkillers. We have to have our pharmaceutical companies working with the government to come out with something to deal with pain that is not a, an addictive uh, opioid and so this is multifaceted. We're pa- passing a number of bills in the next two weeks. You know, I've co-authored many of them myself. Just common sense uh, kinds of bills to to deal with this multifaceted problem. But it's not going away tomorrow. Uh, we can deal with trying to keep new people from getting addicted, but the large number who are currently addicted is is a uh, situation, unfortunately, we have to deal with going forward, and it's. It's there's no magic uh, no magic
0: solution. It's a tough situation, and thank you for trying to fight that opioid crisis. Special thanks to Joe Beamer and Kevin Carr for the production work on this program, and to Sarah Minkle and Mike Cracker of the Congressman's staff for arranging this interview. Let's talk about the Second Amendment and guns. Uh, Aha, it yeah. seems to be more of a mental health issue where. People are going into these gun-free zones, which we advertise with signs, uh, people knowing there are no guns there, and then they come and murder our youth. Uh, isn't this a mental health crisis that's causing all this, Congressman well, you Chris know, Collins?
1: Brian, I try to step back. First of all, I'm the only member of Congress from New York with an A-plus NRA rating. Good. Because I not only support uh, the Second Amendment, but I've actually introduced legislation In my case, legislation that would allow someone going bankrupt to keep their gun. Mm -hmm. You know, you may go through tough financial times, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't be safe and be allowed to keep your gun. So that's a piece of legislation that I I have been pushing. Uh, But when we talk about the tragedy of school shootings, and as you said, a gun-free zone, that's an open invitation for somebody who is certainly delusional, uh, disturbed mental health, whatever that might be, and for any number of reasons, to walk in and pretty much know they're going to be able to cause mayhem and, and you know, cause death uh, in a very short period of time with no one to stop them. So it's got to start with hardening our schools with resource officers. And We had a situation in Maryland. A resource officer took down a shooter who, mm-hmm. by the way, was not using an AR-15. He was using a handgun. And in the case of uh, Texas, again, that was not an AR-15. That was a shotgun and a revolver, which says we have to focus our attention on the shooter, not the gun. The Democrats have gone after an AR-15, saying that it's an assault weapon, which it's not. It's a semi-automatic rifle. It's not a fully automatic. They were banned in 1932. Mm -hmm. And AR does not stand for assault rifle. It stands for Armalite rifle the name of the manufacturer who who came out with it but if you focus on the gun you're going to not have the proper discussion about the shooter the mental health bullying uh, violent video games uh, parenting issues uh, and hardening our schools and making them safe much like go to the movies they've got armed officers in the movie theaters in the malls uh, you know on, on a lot of campuses uh, but many school districts don't have the funding. It's, it's. A, we have to say we're going to have to do what we have to do to keep our kids safe. But the Democrats' total focus on the gun, meaning the AR-15, takes away the proper debate where it should be, hardening the schools, mental health, and uh, you know some some of the things like bullying uh, that that are really the things that need attention. So uh, it's just disappointing to see how politicized. The issue has become where it should not be politicized. We need to look for solutions, and our kids need to go to school knowing they're safe.
0: We have about a minute and a half left on the Rust Report on ESPN AM 1520 radio blanketing the East Coast of the United States. Business growth. Our growth of the economy has gone up uh, over 3 percent a year under Donald Trump. Under Obama, it was 0 to 1 percent. Your comments, Congressman Chris Collins.
1: Well, in fact, it's now over 4%. I think even right. even the, the New York Times, very liberal paper, they, they've run out of words to talk about what's going on in the economy and our jobs. Uh, they never saw this coming. Those of us that knew fundamental tax reform would get us there. It is stunning beyond belief numbers. Maybe I'd end by telling you the most recent poll now has Donald Trump's popularity at a record high. When he was elected, he was around 40%. Now he's forty-seven percent, but amongst Republicans, registered Republicans, mm-hmm. he's at ninety percent right now. Wow. His Donald Trump's popularity with Republicans is higher than that of Ronald Reagan <laughs> or H.W. Bush,
0: and higher I than mean, Obama at on, this time, right? Higher than Obama. Oh, yeah. Who was yeah. Obama? Was he president? <laughs> Okay. Who's Obama? Obama
1: who? What was it? (laughs) He's history. He's yesterday. He's yesterday. We're talking about today and tomorrow. Don't even bring him into the conversation.
0: All right. I'm sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. We've learned a great deal from the dynamic congressman representing the 27th Congressional District, Chris Collins. Thank you for enlightening us. Brian, great to be with you, and and nice to talk to your listeners. And have a great week.
1: Yep, you too, Brian. All the best.